Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. You know, when there's a, a married couple about ready to have a baby and you have your bags packed by the door, <laughs> that's how it's going to be, maybe. You might have to pick up your bag and, and go. And it's it didn't come. It's not that bad, but um, it, they were great. Kalani and his staff and the the players, they wanted to play. They were just waiting, waiting, waiting. And then uh, ESPN kind of said, hey, you can fill this game. And thanks to the Sunbelt Conference and to Coastal Carolina, who said, let's go. You know, they, they didn't have to play that game. No way they had to play that game. It's, it's, there's a lot of... Um, you know, there's a lot of struggles and trials to try to put together a game like that. And we couldn't have done it without them. And I've said this all along, all season long. It takes two to tango. And we're just grateful that the Sun Belt and Coastal said, yes, let's go. All right. That was Tom Homo from his uh, media availability earlier today. Uh, we welcome now to the show my illustrious co-host, Gordon Monson. Gordon, you're connected we got you. I'll tell you, there's a lesson. You do something, you do it again, you do it again and again and again, and the 50th time, it finally goes through. So I'm happy to report I'm here. So are, are we talking about operator error or, or what? No, I don't think so. Okay. All no. right. Well, it's good to hear your voice. Uh, I'm glad you're with us. Let's, uh, let's dive right in because I thought – um, I thought Tom Homo uh, talked about a number of very interesting things today. Uh, there's uh, him talking about how the game came together. Coastal, Carolina, uh, BYU going down Saturday. And Gordon, I think kickoff's, what, one thirty, So it's going to be right there in the middle of the day. And uh, this, is a, this is a really interesting matchup. And I, I find it uh, so interesting that they can just, on a whim, make it happen. Did you see uh, on Twitter the the equipment truck leaving for South Carolina uh, before the game was even decided. I mean, it's, it's from a logistics standpoint, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Things that uh, are being accomplished this season, I don't think have ever been accomplished or even attempted in past seasons, but because of the circumstances in which we are all operating uh, these days, uh, suddenly it's possible. So, yeah, that was. I was not. I, I, I did not hear. I did not not hear uh, everything Tom said. Uh, I wasn't able to because I was busy uh, trying to get this thing hooked up. But uh, it, it uh, you know, I mean, where there's a will, there's a way, and it happened. And so that's uh, that. That's uh, that's good for BYU. Uh, yeah, it is good for BYU. It's another top 25 uh, opponent, um, and, and at the very least, we've talked a lot about this, it's another opportunity to uh, watch Zach Wilson and this really good BYU team play play football, and it's yeah. something I think we all appreciate a little bit more these days. Uh, not You know, Utah's only played two games. You know, we just want to see, see games completed, but um, it, it's... I don't know how much this will do for BYU. I'm still in the uh, of the school of thought that uh, even if they trounce Coastal Carolina, the the playoff committee will find a reason to exclude them because that's what they want to do. Um, but it is uh, another opportunity for this team to legitimize itself. Right, right, and that's that's all they can do is try. 
you know. What what else can you do at this point? Just give up? And so I have to I have to give it to BYU doing what they can to make this thing work. And so yeah, I think uh I think they deserve a lot of credit, Jake, even if nobody's listening. Or at least nobody of any power. Right. So uh I give Tom Homo a lot of credit. There was one point um, uh, during his media availability where it sounded to me, and I, uh, Austin, I don't know if you saw this live, but he, when he was asked about what this has been like for him, he he got a little bit emotional, and I think it's been I think it's been really uh, really uh, it's. Do you have it? Yeah. Let's let's give this a listen. I mean, uh, check this out, Gordon. I, I thought this was Tom was being real today in his media availability. Let's uh, let's play this. I don't know. It's hard to, it's hard to express. I just, I just kind of got grounded kind of because of our team. Um, I feel that like early in the season, I just knew that this team had something going. They could really be special and who knew. And it's just kind of been fun watching them that, as they go and play, they're having fun. I mean, it's not all fun and games. We've had some injuries. We've had some COVID uh, virus guys. We've had a lot of, we've had some difficulties, but they've just had so much fun. So it's like, I try to stay grounded just to plug into those dudes, plug into the coaches and go, what do we got? What do we got? And they keep, they just keep feeding me. Let's play, let's play, get us another game come on, let's go. And it's like, they're pushing me to go get the games. And so I just, I just keep my, it's like my job is to try to see what's out there. And, and look, I don't do this by myself. We've got a lot of people that are, are trying to get games and they're just trying to get games and they're helping and helping. There's, <laughs> you know, I get a lot of help from Cougar nation. They, they know where all the games are. <laughs> And so, yeah, uh, it just kind of, it's just kind of motivation from the players and the coaches. Gordon, that, that sounds like a guy that's been under a tremendous amount of pressure for a while. Well, <laughs> what, else, what else can Tom Homo do? I mean, he sort of scratched this thing together after the original falling out of the schedule and, uh, pieced it together and then everybody complains about the schedule or at least people on the outside do and uh he said he thought this team could be something uh, special something extraordinary and so he's done what he can to have this team have the opportunity to play boy i'll tell you after hearing that what if byu goes back there and loses well i Going a different direction, just for a second. If if you, I just want to comment on the bite, and we can we can go on to if yeah. they lose. But uh-huh. but how refreshing is it to hear from somebody in college athletics that is fighting for their athletes? I mean, that's yeah. what I really took out of that bite. He said, he, "Man, these guys want to play, and they tell me every single day they want to play, they want that opportunity, and he's gonna he feels that pressure to go out there and make it happen for him." I th- I thought I thought that sentiment was really refreshing to me. And that answers the question that I brought up: What if they lose? Well, at least they had the opportunity yep. to play. At least they play. And so that that's what they want. And if you, I'll bet you anything, you talk to those players and you say. Hey, what happens if you schedule a game like this 
and then you got to travel all the way across the country, and then you lose. They take it anyway. Yep, they take it anyway. You know, at least yeah. they had the opportunity. I I couldn't agree more. I think we're one hundred percent on the same page. I I thought that was a, a he showed a little emotion, and I thought his statement. Uh, was absolutely appropriate. And if I'm an athlete, and, and, you know, we're talking football, but if I'm an athlete at BYU, any athlete, I'm looking at the AD thinking, all right, here's a, here's a guy who's going to go out and go to bat for us and for our opportunity. And I, I thought that was pretty cool. I thought that was a, I thought that was a cool moment. Um, and, and as far as on the field, if they go and uh, they lose, I think you're right. They'd absolutely appreciate the opportunity. But, you know, it would um, – Coastal Carolina is a good team, but it would certainly knock them out of, of contention for any sort of New Year's Six, of course. Do you think the fact that it is Coastal Carolina as opposed to a marquee name team that people are are, are not giving Tom Homo the, the, the credit he deserves for, for peace in this, finding a way to get this thing done? Oh, I think he's getting a bunch of credit. I, I don't think he's... Uh... But you know uh, what I mean. Some people are going, oh, yeah, Coastal Carolina, yeah. But uh, this is, what, they ranked 18th in the country? Yeah. I mean, it's a, uh, it's a team too. that has impressed some people, and uh, they've got some team speed. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it does – Here, here's the bottom line here, Jake. It does not matter. It does not matter. Because Tom is put, grabbing whatever opponent yep. – whatever quality opponent he can find. And this is a quality opponent this time, even though it's, oh, gee, it's just Coastal Carolina. Well, the 18th-ranked team in the country. If I told you three weeks ago that BYU was going to schedule uh, this quickly, put together an opportunity like this, you would have thought, Jake, oh, man, that's quite right. an achievement. Yeah, no, and, and then you say it's Coastal Carolina. So what? 18th-ranked team in the country. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, are they are they a good football team or not? And it would appear that the you know they're a good football team. So uh, yeah. this this is this is an ideal matchup given the circumstance. And by the way, they're scheduling it officially on Thursday. <laughs> Thursday, yeah. they had yeah. again just to reiterate this. They had to se- send out the Dern truck before they knew that the game was going to be played. <laughs> and Tom today was like, "Oh, I just hope it gets there." <laughs> they, they call them. They call, if it falls through, you call the driver and say, "Bring it back, Steve. Bring it right. back." <laughs> oh man, he yeah. Tom even said today. He said we may have to uh, borrow uh, Coastal's backup pads. <laughs> <laughs> I think in the fact, truck will get there. Yeah, no, uh, come if, on. Well, let's see. How far is it? I bet it's from... like three thousand miles. No, no, no. I'll, I'll, I'm going to guess. I'll say. 2,300 20, 2, miles. I know it's a day and like five to eight hours to drive there. I've driven well, across the country numerous times. I think that my drive was typically somewhere in that range. So that's what I'm guessing. Is it 2,300? Right. 2, uh, pretty close. Uh, so from Provo to Myrtle Beach, because off the top of my head, I can't remember what city uh, Coastal's in, but it's right by <laughs> Myrtle Beach. Uh, uh so it would take 33 hours, and uh-huh. it's 2,222 and a half miles from uh, Provo to Myrtle Beach. Off. No, uh, you were by right the way, there it's in the neighborhood. Conway, South Carolina okay. Conway. is where you're going. Yeah. So how about that? 33 hours. 
That's uh, somebody. Uh, how do they do that? They usually—I imagine—they probably have two people that typically uh, drive uh, drive the equipment that far. I imagine, isn't it? Yeah, they sent out a tweet today from the road, the BYU equipment truck, and it is two gentlemen, uh, a driver and a passenger, and they they switch. Yeah. I thought they just had one person, but like a giant thing of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Like a like a like, oh yeah. The word of wisdom uh, is null and (laughs) void on cross country trips. Hey, safety first. Got to make sure you stay alert. Yeah, no doubt. So, thirty three hours, and it's and it's on its way. But that you know, to the point, it's it's the logistics coming full circle. It's pretty amazing that they're going to be able to pull it off. And and one other thing I wanted to to hit on real quick, and we'll talk about this throughout the show, but Tom said another thing today that uh, that I thought was interesting where they haven't even signed a contract. And uh, he was asked if Coastal would come back to Provo, and Tom's like, (laughs) well, I brought it up with their AD, and he said, sure. And I said, okay. I mean, it's the the point being like – I I thought at the very beginning when they were talking about how they were going to do, you know, football games and non-conference games, they were going to have to get the lawyers out of the room and just operate on some good old-fashioned good faith. And Mm -hmm. Tom talked a lot about that, how it was like, we did the same thing with the other leagues that canceled on us. We just said, okay, we'll figure it out and and moved (laughs) on. You know, and that's such such an amazing thing that, you know, Tom's like, we don't even have a contract for this game. We just... (laughs) We'll we'll get it done. We'll sign it before the game kicks off. <laughs> just amazing. But the flexibility being the word of the day, maybe the word of the year, Gordon. And it's just, yeah. hey, we got some yeah. good faith, and and we're going to make happen what we can. I, I this is where I have to uh, agree with you completely again, Jake. And you and I are agreeing on everything today. But I I, I will agree with what you said uh, many times earlier this fall. Just. Whatever, whoever, whenever, just go play. And, and, and we, as observers, can enjoy watching this happen. And the players can do what they're, you know, what, they, what they're so excited to do, especially in a year like this for BYU where this team does look a little different than what we've seen uh, at, in Provo there for quite some time. And, and now we get to sit back and watch them do it. And it took an awful lot of effort. Like you uh, described, an awful lot of persistence on the part of uh, Tom Homo and and some good old some good old a uh, uh, a virtual handshake, and let's get it done. Gordon, let's talk. Uh, let's talk a little NBA. A couple of big stories out there. Uh, first of all, probably the the most um, surprising story of the off season, Gordon. Anthony Davis is staying in L.A. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Well, let me gather myself. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I know you didn't see that coming. Uh, I a few did, um, but he is staying in L.A. Uh, Five-year, one hundred and ninety million dollar max contract to stay with the Lakers, and uh, LeBron signed a two-year extension. What was that, Gordon? Yesterday. Um, yeah. And so the the Lakers are going to uh, look like they do now for at least the next couple of years. Yep, get used to it, because as they say, it is what it is. Well, the Lakers are going to be good. I mean, you know, LeBron, as he enters the the twilight of his career, eventually will will slow down somewhat. But you know, you've got a you've got somebody to to uh, you know carry the team afterwards now with uh, with Anthony Davis. You I know, don't know, but, but it, it, it will happen. The, 
it reminds me of the old Laker teams when Kareem was on that team and Magic showed up and brought in that uh, that new blood. And I know you don't uh, necessarily want me to dwell on that very much, and uh, but 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 it did revitalize everybody, and maybe that's what Anthony Davis will do with LeBron. But he hasn't really shown that much vulnerability. Maybe needing a little more rest now and again. But have you seen LeBron? Just uh, I, I haven't seen that many uh, evidences of age. You? No, I mean he's been really is. Uh, there are a lot of great things about LeBron's game, um, but people don't talk enough about how durable he's been. I mean yeah. it's it's been pretty amazing how how he's uh, been durable and still has maintained the same level of a- athleticism uh, this far into his career because he's played zillions of minutes. I mean we'd have to look it up with all his trips to the finals. I mean he's uh, Scott. Scott Gerard did the math on this a, a while ago, but he's played like two extra seasons in the playoffs or something. Crazy. And, <laughs> there are, uh, go ahead. No, and he's he's just been remarkable. Obviously, taking care of uh, taking care of his body. But you know the old adage, Gordon. You know, speaking of low hanging fruit, uh, Father Time is undefeated. I mean, it's, it is. It's going to go at some point. At some point, there are. You know, as you were talking about LeBron. I can think of two athletes, and you, there are probably more. Maybe you guys can add to the list. But I think of two athletes who were absolutely hyped out of this world before they became professionals, and they actually lived up to the hype and maybe superseded it. Uh, Tiger Woods and LeBron James. Can you think of anybody else that would join that club? Well, Jabari Parker. As no. I said, can you think of anybody else? <laughs> he was who on the cover of club of Sports Illustrated as a kid. Uh, I'd throw the Williams sisters in there, maybe. Were they were they as hyped up as uh, as those other two? I, I I don't remember that for some well, reason. Well, Serena was because Venus, I Venus was she was young when she burst onto the scene, right? She was probably eighteen, nineteen, and then I think. You know, there was always that, well, she's got a younger sister, you know, and uh, anywho. Um, the one I can't wait to see if it, if it, uh, it pans out into greatness is the, uh, the uh, offspring of Steffi Graf and Andre Agassi. <laughs> that, kid, that kid better be amazing at tennis. <laughs> Maybe he won't even play. Oh, that would be just uh, from a scientific standpoint. That would be disappointing. <laughs> I mean, this is this is like a grand genetic experiment. Like, let's take one of the. Well, where would you put Andre? Top ten players all time? Top five? Mm, I don't know about top five, but he, he yeah, certainly good. And Steffi certainly is a top five women's player. I would say yeah. of all time, and, and and they have a child. I mean, that's, it should be a law that that kid has to play tennis. But I wonder if they will take that tack because they uh, they know what that feels like to be pressured. I mean, wasn't Andre, his dad was a doorman at one of the casino hotels? Yeah, he grew up playing uh, at Caesars Palace, I think, right? Yeah, and he was like... <laughs> He, he was, I, I hate this, I don't know this because I haven't talked to his uh, his parents, but I think he was pretty well pressured into tennis. And I imagine that Steffi was too, because remember her relationship with her dad? 
it was seemed kind of strained a little bit at times. So much pressure coming, and I wonder if they'll sort of uh, rebel against that and say, no, we're not going to do that to our kids, even though the gene pool is there. As as much of I uh, as I have enjoyed our uh, dabbling in tennis convo here, Gordo, we probably should get back to the well, NBA. Yeah, but let me let me just uh, bring up this whole thing about about the hype of a of a, a an athlete who is in embryonic form. I remember to this day writing a column about LeBron James before he got to the NBA, saying, "Hey, shouldn't we wait and see what he does before we anoint him King James?" And I remember I got blowback for that. Some people saying, no, 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 it's okay. You know, this is the way it's, it's going to be. And I, I prefer to sort of sit back and wait and see how it's going to pan out. But LeBron has been better than advertised. And that's pretty hard to do considering all the publicity that was flying around him. The guy was selling out arenas when he was a high school player, which is just unheard of. Yeah. Well, and it, it gets back to the point we were making about, uh, you know, him physically. I mean, he's made that the number one priority of his career, and it's enabled everything because he's still been, you know, incredible on the floor. Um, the other piece of NBA news, Gordon, out there, of course, it uh, the, the story broke late in our show yesterday. Joe, uh, Russell Westbrook is being traded to the nation's yeah. capital to play for the Wizards. And John Wall and a first-round pick are heading back to Houston. The juicy nugget that came out this morning, uh, Gordon, from Adrian Wojnarowski on ESPN, was that James Harden had preferred John Wall over Russell Westbrook. What do you think of, of today's juicy tidbit revelation? Makes sense. I mean, if I, were, if I were James Harden, I'd prefer to have John Wall. If John Wall can be John again and uh, play up to his potential. Give me the guy who's a, who, who is a gifted passer, and uh, he's not a great shooter, but I think it's an improvement over Russell. I haven't looked at the statistics, but that's what my, my mind's eye would tell me. All right, so I, I, I have two thoughts on this. One, considering he just turned down a contract extension with the Rockets, if, if Houston is actually asking James Harden's opinion <laughs> on, on what they should be doing, then they're morons. Unless, uh, they, and, unless they want to try and make that all healthy. Oh, yeah, uh, okay. Uh, uh, number two, uh, this struck me as one of those you can't fire me i quit type of things <laughs> like like russell westbrook says i want to trade i'm getting out of here and uh, james harden uh, feeling rejected goes oh yeah well i prefer the other guy <laughs> i want to play with the other guy you go you go anyway that's hey, the, why, i thought why, this was why? like james harden trying to save face well why, why do you gotta do that you know because why, i'm why, right why? <laughs> You're absolutely 100% sure. Of course. Why else would this why else would this even be relevant? I don't know. Sometimes information does just leak out, but uh I mean it could be some truth to what oh, you're yeah? saying. Oh yeah, well I, I would rather play with the other guy anyway. You go. <laughs> I just You can't reject me. I reject you. If I'm a team a team member, I don't want to play with Russell Westbrook. I'm sorry. It's not like I would be just chomping at the bit to play with James Harden because many of the same things are true for each of those players. And that's probably why it didn't really work out all that well. But 
James Harden is more gifted than Russell Westbrook is. And so it's like it's like this. Jake, you go down to the gym, and you're you got a regular run down there, and you 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 know the teams, some teams, some guys got there earlier than others, and they're on a team already, and they're going up and down the floor, and you get there, and some other guys get there, and so you put together your team, you get out on the floor, and your buddy Joe, Joe over there, he's taking all the shots. Not only is he taking all the shots, but he's handling the ball the whole time too. And you're running up and down the floor, busting your hump, playing a little defense and never seeing the ball. How fun is that? Well, like you said, it's true about both players. But if you want to look at if I'm an NBA, you know, uh, star and I'm looking to team up with other good players, I, I'd look at James Harden track record with let's let's remember the players he wanted to play with and how it went. Gordon <laughs> Dwight, let's, let's start with Dwight Howard. How'd that uh-huh. go? You know that went, it, you know, and then he wanted to play. Then he wanted to play with Chris Paul, and then Russell Westbrook. I mean, it's just, I don't, I don't think hmm, James playing the way he plays. I don't think he's fun to have as a teammate. <laughs> do you do you have anything to add to that as far as his off the court demeanor goes? I don't know because I don't know the man. But I'll, I'll tell you this about Russell Westbrook: I know he plays really hard. Yes, he does. He plays really hard, and his heart is 100% in it. Sometimes, like, to a fault, you know. We've seen that spill over a time or two. Well, sometimes you know, so they can get a bunch of triple-doubles, and, uh, you know, that, but some, he's, some of that is selfish. But he's been very popular in the locker room. You talk with with players that have played with Russell Westbrook, and he's pretty well-liked. I mean, Ennis Cantor doesn't shut up about him. Okay, so he's he's well liked, but would he be fun to play with? I don't know. I just think you, you know. At what point uh, do the Rockets say, you know what this this isn't worth it? We you know, should go a lo- different direction. There's local application for this because what kind of role? How how will Donovan Mitchell's role grow with the Jazz? And as we saw in the bubble last year, uh, or this past year, uh, he he was handling the ball a lot. And he was controlling the game. He was controlling who got the shots. A lot of times it was him. He was controlling the pace of the game. And he was uh, sort of controlling the spacing at the offensive end. And to, to the Jazz's benefit. But I wonder where that line is where even if you have that kind of player who has that kind of ability, how much of that uh, total opportunity do you want him to absorb? Well, here's the thing, though, Gordon, is the way the Jazz play and the way that the Rockets play are are really different. I I think what you are saying is is 100% correct, but Quinn Snyder's offense is never going to be stand around and watch Donovan dribble. <laughs> I mean, that, I, I don't think that's the way he coaches, and I don't think that's the way the Jazz are going to play. So I, well, I get your it, point, yeah, but, but it's it, not going it to be like that. But it could be even worse, because if you're moving and you're still not getting the ball, then that might uh, take the wind out of your sails even more. I'm not, I'm not suggesting that this is going to happen, but it's more a theoretical question about how much is useful and how much – where does at what point does it become detrimental? Because if you take your heart out of your teammates, that that that's punitive, man. I mean, you're going to need them 
to bust their humps in order for the team to win. And maybe that's one of the reasons Donovan talks so much about court awareness and knowing where his guys are and uh, wanting to, uh, to feed them the ball as well. But I don't know. When he was scoring 50 points, it looked pretty good. Yeah. All right, we'll get to more coming up next. Stay tuned. It is The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone.